Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What if we don't get this open? I don't know, then the episode is ruined. It's God saying, don't drink. It's God saying, it's too early in the day to be drinking. No, it's not. It's 12.53. <laughs> is it? It's coming. Okay, we're almost <laughs> there. We're almost there. Hang on. Hang on. We can't now get the... Now I'm laughing. Start it here. We can't get the bottle of champagne open. <laughs> All right. All oh, of, is it? No, it's, oh, it's, it's almost there. It's almost there. God, uh, I'm weak. What is happening? I refuse to be defeated. All right, get it. God, come on, one last big yeah. breath. Yes. Happy twentieth episode. <laughs> okay, give me a glass. Wow. There we go. Here we are. We nailed it. Now we're celebrating. Oh, this is so sweet. Our twentieth podcast episode. This is adorable. French fries, wow. strawberries. And champagne that <sighs> Annabelle doesn't drink, and I don't like champagne. So cheers. cheers. Love you. Love you. Mmm. Oh, that tastes good. Mmm. Oh, I've quite missed that. Mmm. I will be watching you. No second glass for you. Well, be shit faced if been I a while. had two glasses. Now I have to do my toast. Okay. So get a. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. French fried cheers. <laughs> it's going to be lots of ASMR. I'm eating French fries. All right. <laughs> Another French fried cheers to... We'll keep that cork. French fried cheers to... Ryan's birthday yesterday. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Ryan. Happy birthday, Ryan Brady. And then also we should do a champagne cheers. For that happy birthday ryan happy birthday ryan so tell me about your day yesterday on ryan's birthday well honestly the anticipation of it nearly killed me quite frankly mm-hmm. that was almost worse than for how long the how day did, itself how many days before did you start revving up for it mm. i think it had been going on for weeks mm-hmm. since the middle of April, knowing like, whoa, it's coming. And then Max's birthday came through. That was really hard, way harder than I thought. I feel like you learned some lessons on Max's birthday did, that yeah. you were able to apply yesterday. I did. You're right. Good point. Um, I think I thought I was going to be all joyful on Max's birthday and just like, you know, I've been really trying to embody peace, joy, acceptance, Moving through this thing, facing it, living for them in a way. Obviously for me, not in an unhealthy way, but juicing life. Mm -hmm. And I so wanted to do that on Max's birthday and I couldn't. I really wanted to, but I just felt under it. So I went and got a bikini wax and then I came here. On Max's, Max's birthday. birthday. Yeah. And you said you were alone 
in the house. I was here and it was so quiet. Yeah. And that was really hard. That was hard because the house should have been filled with noise. We would have had a huge party. And it was just missing. It was just quiet. Mm. I couldn't even be fucked to make myself dinner. I just sat on the couch mm. and was just like, uh, and and then a friend of mine had a really interesting experience of Max's birthday. Max's best friend, one of them. She was getting loads of messages, hundreds of messages saying, hey, I know this day is probably really hard for you. And, and she was, it was an interesting lesson for me because she said to me, you know, it wasn't hard for me. I took it in my stride. But then I was getting all these messages from people telling me how hard I sh- should be taking it. And then I started questioning myself, is there something terribly wrong with me? Mm. So that was a great lesson for me because I was on the other side from her. I was taking it really hard. And she was feeling focused, disciplined. She had plans at night. She went to the hairdresser. She, you know, she was like, nope, I'm going to do today. And she did really well, but the messages sent her in a spin because everyone was just like, oh, oh my God, you just must be on the floor. And then so she thought, what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Why am I not on the floor? So I'll never now, moving forward, assume or take a tone towards an anniversary like that. I'll never assume. I think I'll just say something sort of affirmative, supportive and loving not assuming that it's that you're in a puddle on the floor because Uh, not helpful actually probably oh yeah so i think people do that a lot don't they where they'll go god you must be so upset over blah 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 yeah i am or 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 the opposite not helpful today somebody said oh my daughter just got married i have a new son-in-law and i wrote back and I said, oh, congratulations, you must be so happy. And then I added, I hope you like him. Yeah. Because I don't know, it could be a, night- yeah. a nightmare. Mm-hmm. But people just assume mm-hmm. they put their own Yeah. So it was really interesting because it. her and I were going through the same thing, but she was going through it in a totally different way. And it reminded me of at the beginning when the, the conversation about people sending flowers huh. and assuming that that's what you're meant to do. And I think it's just time to rework the grief model. We're not assuming that everyone's in the puddle on the floor. We're not assuming we're doing the black veil and gloves. We're not assuming that people, you just send flowers. Like, let's just get a bit more imaginative now. We've done it with everything else. You know, so Mm -hmm. it's, I think it's time to do that for the grief experience. So I I won't be doing that moving forward for other people. Um, And what I did yesterday for Ryan's birthday was I didn't know how I was going to feel. Mm-hmm. I know that for three days leading up to it, I was exhausted and I napped every single day. I haven't taken a single nap since the crash. Really? I've laid in bed, but I've never once fallen asleep in bed. What you did yesterday? For three days for leading three up days. to Ryan's birthday. The deepest, deepest sleeps. Really hard to wake myself up from them. So I gave what myself was about it? an Because hour and you were exhausted yeah the anticipation of of this day coming towards me 
as I said to you before we, we hit record, I have felt like, you know, in those videos online on the dodo where they trap a wild dog in a cage to try and catch it from the woods or something, and it freaks out. Yeah. And it's like bucking around the cage and going crazy. Well, like a wild horse in a pen. Uh huh. That's been me. Wild I have felt like trapped into a corner. This thing is coming at me and I cannot get out. There's no way out but through. And I haven't been able to quite settle in the way that I have perhaps with other things. Because it's been a minute since the last first. Yeah, what was the last first was... Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day. And the holidays. Yeah. You know, so I thought... You know, I have done a few, I can probably handle this. And then I realized that subconsciously it was brewing. A storm was brewing. And then I thought, oh my God, am I going to lose it? Um, And almost all the anticipation, I made myself live it twice. Instead of just going, okay, let's see how we wake up on the day. So I did that. I made no plans. Everyone kept saying to me, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And quite rudely, I literally didn't even respond to people. Um, because I didn't know and I didn't want to have to keep explaining to people I don't know what I'm going to do for Ryan's birthday like I'll let you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know when people keep asking me what am I going to do did I ask you that? I'm trying to remember no 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 no. and even if you had here's the thing I wouldn't have remembered I don't remember specific people that do it it will be like a wave of people I didn't I just sent you like a picture of flowers in a field you sent me a nice message with flowers and said that you were extra thinking about me or something really sweet stop asking grievers people have got to we should do a little post on this Mm. or an episode or something about what not to say to grieving people and, and maybe some tips of how people can help grievers in a way that's not like how we did it at the beginning where it was yeah, just me like, crying saying things okay. like actually a bit more helpful that's fresh and imaginative like you just said yeah what's not helpful to grievers is if you keep asking them what they're gonna do because they don't know right they are living in an earthquake they don't know what they're gonna do mm-hmm. and when every time you ask them about anything What are you going to do about your house? What are you going to do for the birthday? What are you going to do next year? What are you going to do? It feels like I'm being choked to death. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be okay in an hour from now. Yeah. So I didn't make a plan. I went inward. I've been doing a lot of that. Not in a bad way. In an introspective way, not in a hiding away mm-hmm. way. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to wake up and see how I feel on the day. If I want to go to LA, I'll go to LA. If I want to drive up north, I'll drive up north on a road trip. I don't know. I'm going to see how I feel in the morning. And the day before was really hard because I was like, oh, it's coming. And then I woke up in the morning and I decided not to go to LA because... I thought about it and how I felt on Max's birthday and I thought I'm not going to put myself in that same situation. I don't need always to, um, I don't need to always, you know, clean the wound. I don't need to like flush the wound all the time. Sometimes it's good and you've got to face things, but I don't need to go to a favorite place of Ryan's and I don't need to be in the house and I don't need to do something confronting on a day that is already so confronting that's such a good thing for you to say i'm so glad you said that 
you know, it's not always... Sometimes it's okay to just really not do anything. It's, it's already true. hard enough. Like it's already the, hard enough. The day comes around and you're planning it and mm-hmm. you're imagining how it's going to be. And you want to do the the right thing that's going what to... What am I going to do? What am I going to do? That's going to memorialize it perfectly. And you know what? Nothing ever will. Nothing ever will. Nothing will ever. Just do whatever you want to do in present time. So do you want to know what I did? What? I woke up. I got a bikini wax on both of them. <laughs> Again? <laughs> oh, my God. Afterwards, I realized that I had done it on both of birthdays. And I texted my friends. I'm like, what, what does that, that mean? Yeah, I what is that? I my pussy on both of them. Because to me, that's torturous. So were you... No. Was it like... I think it's just me trying to be like... I feel good. Taking care of myself. I got my pussy on. <laughs> ready to go. <laughs> ready to fucking ready for rock. life. Ready to rock. Mm-hmm. Slightly bruised, but ready to go. Mm-hmm. That's my motto. That's my motto for. <laughs> and where do you end up next? And then I went to my, you know, that Italian coffee shop that I love to go to. Mm-hmm. And I thought I'm gonna go there. Um, I always keep a pair of sneakers in my car, so I thought I'm gonna go there and then I'm gonna go for a walk. So I went, got my coffee, and what's funny is my waxing lady is a dear family friend of ours. She lost her husband when she was 30. Really? So we talked about it, and part of me wonders ever subconsciously that's why I went there. Maybe. How did she lose her husband? He was sick. He had something wrong with him. Um, I think it may have been cancer. Um, And she took his child on as her own raised her wow yeah and then she went on to marry again in later life and had another child and she's wonderful uh she and i talked about it a bit and she actually said something so interesting to me which i actually i will share is she said to me how are you doing i know that's such a shitty question i'm like yeah i mean i said i'm i'm garbage but Mm -hmm. You know, you just get on with it. And she's like, yep. I said, I've had this realization, which is that I... That initial phase where you're drowning and then you stop feeling that way. I remember month four, I was like, joy and I'm awake and I felt alive and I felt I could taste things and I could feel things and I thought, I'm getting better. Things are getting better. The grief is, it's getting less. Oh, thank God. And then month four came. Five, was it? Five. Five, yeah. The longest of months. Because I was fully awake for mm-hmm. it. I wasn't awake for one, two or three. I woke up in four, sprung to life. Mm-hmm. And then five, it's it now, it, it's like, real life. Yeah. And I realized that, as I said, I think on my Instagram or something, there's no cure. I'm not going to be waking up. And everything's better. My grief hasn't got less. I've just learned to to carry it. And that's been really hard for me to absorb and I'm resisting it. And I think that's come along with me resisting Ryan's birthday as well. Is I I don't want this. I get off me. But I it, I can't. And it was sad for me to realise that. I'm not drowning anymore, not because I am not in the quicksand. It's because I've learned how to survive in quicksand. And that hurt me, for me, mm. you know? And yeah. then I have these thoughts of, 
of I can't do this. I can't live like this. I cannot live like this. This is just now, this is the rest of my life. And then Nina said to me, the late, the waxing lady who is our friend, she said to me, right now you can't see it because it's so early on, but this isn't your life and it doesn't feel like this forever. And I know that you, you do not understand that right now. It is not a reality to you what I'm saying right now, but I promise you. And she said, I know it's the shittiest thing to say. It's like when people say time heals everything. Mm-hmm. She said, but it's true. She said, imagine a, a gash on your arm. And at first it's bleeding and it's profusely bleeding and it's throbbing. And then it kind of dries a bit and then it gets pussy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you tend to it and then it dries and it starts to heal. And then the scab forms and then the scab falls off and there's a scar and it's an angry scar and then the scar fades. She said, that's, that's what it is. And that was so Mm -hmm. helpful for me because you know, I'm such a visual person Mm -hmm. and that was something I could relate to and go, okay, I'm in the the scab phase right now. Not it's not a pretty visual, but we, she said that because I said, you know, that violent feeling of this. And she said, I know it very well. I said, it just all feels violent and grotesque. And she said, yeah, it is internally. And that's why she said that. And I, I found that to be really helpful and, and profound, even in, even though it's so simple oh, I think and not pretty. <laughs> it's a perfect reason that you went to her on both those days. Yeah. Even though you didn't talk about it when you went for mm-hmm. Max's birthday. I think that was a perfect place for you to be yeah. on Ryan's birthday to connect with someone like that, um, who is so far ahead of yeah of you. Because that was nineteen ninety, I think, for her. So she's that's what she said. She said, "You know, I think about it now, and it feels so far away. I know it's mine. It's another life, but it wasn't." She yeah. says that as well. So then I took myself off to the coffee shop where Maria is also a young widow. Really? Yeah. And I realized I was sitting there. I was like, I've done like the widow tour of. Santa Barbara. <laughs> and I put my trainers on and I walked off down State Street and I spent some money and went shopping. Good for you. <laughs> I did the same thing you yesterday did. on Ryan's birthday. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, I bought some really nice things. Good. And they were really beautiful, special items. I didn't just get shit. I got some really special vintage um, designer things. Oh, good. And I thought... Is this the right thing to do? And then I thought, what am I going to do? Lay in bed and cry all day? Going to sit on the beach and cry? No, I'm going to no. go and go for a walk. And, you know, I'm mad. I'm talking to people and just being weird. <laughs> oh, you're in the right town. So that was Ryan's birthday. You know, when I went home, sat with my sister on the couch and watched Real Housewives. Love it. I'm sure you don't watch that. No. You're too good for that. I would never be caught dead watching The Real Housewives. I kind of want you to because I just really <laughs> want you to see the shock of it. It's so shocking. I. It makes me actually angry to think about wasting my brain cells on something like that. I know that's so rude because people love it. But to me, I have this real like... It's trash. I don't I know. I could but- be reading a book and I'm watching... Exactly. These mutant women. Yeah. I could be learning about, Put I each don't know, out. the history of Scotland or something. And I'm, <laughs> but um, I'm I, learning about the history of New Jersey, baby. I do have to say <laughs> that when you do sit me down and make me watch things, I actually get really sucked in. Bachelor. You loved we it. We watched the whole Bachelor. You I mean, loved not it. Not the whole thing, but. 
And now you're going to make me watch Gossip Girl next, apparently, because the reboot's coming out. Guys, that's the thing we're going to do. I've never seen Gossip Girl, and she's making me watch it from the beginning. But we made a deal, remember? I only have to watch the first season and the last season But you or have something. to watch a, an inter, like a middle catch-up. And then, like, I don't know what, like the first episode from the seasons in between or something. Okay. Everyone who watches Gossip oh. Girl knows that this bitch is going to watch the first season and be obsessed. I will make a bet with you right now. And I won't lie. Like, if I'm into it, I'm into it. And I lost the bet. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. But let's make a bet. Okay. What do you want to bet? Plate of French fries. You have to buy me a plate of French fries from a restaurant. Okay, done. What do I have to buy you? The same? Yes. Yeah. it's our favorite. <laughs> yep. Whoever loses has to buy the plate of French fries. You're going to love it. Um, what am I going to make you watch? Oh, God. I'm gonna make you Something watch. Like, like, black and white with subtitles. Everybody's <laughs> <really> boring. <laughs> I'll, just, have to, I'll have to think about just this. Just so like educated and cultured. I'm just like watching Real Housewives. <laughs> so, is there anything else you want to say about Ryan's birthday? Because no. I mean, I literally could talk about Gossip Girl with you all day. But okay, I'll save that for the I'm episode. I'm just trying to get you off of Gossip Girl here. But that was the birthday, and I was thinking the car. Remember, I said to you just before we started. That we should, at the beginning, should do, like, you know how they do vibe check on TikTok or whatever it is? Yeah. We're old, so we don't know about that. But we well, do I don't, I'm not on grief TikTok, check. but... Grief, grief check. check. Grief that check. That was my grief check. And I want to do a grief check for you because you were mourning the loss of your kitty. Yes. And we had a really interesting chat about this earlier. And it's brought up some interesting things for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, your grieving process and how you felt... That you can't really talk about it here. Right. Because of Ryan and Max. Yep. And that kind of made us start talking about some really interesting stuff. Would you like to tell us how you feel? Yeah. It just passed um, the one month since my cat died. And for me, this has been a devastating loss in my life. Mm-hmm. Completely devastating. That's my life. Yeah. Everyone's life is different. Yeah. And I said something to you this morning because I was having these thoughts that I thought were interesting and I didn't want to keep them inside because you and I try to talk about everything that we're going through mm-hmm. along the journey of this podcast. I had become I had come to feel uncomfortable with sharing here yeah because i about 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 my grief about ivy because it felt really stupid in comparison to your grief over losing your husband Mm -hmm. and so i was not talking about it and then it started to feel like I was just showing up for you in your grief but you weren't able to show up for me in mine you didn't do that like I said to you before we were recording it has nothing to do with you you're completely here for me through the loss of Ivy Mm -hmm. you have been from the beginning but just what my mind was doing was comparing the grief against the other grief yes and that's what you and I realized was that people compare grief. They compare everything, really. Everything. But someone will, you know, there are listeners who think that my my grief about my cat is 
boring or not appropriate. There are some listeners that think that you're talking too much about your grief. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Everybody has probably has different of course. opinions on it. Yeah. Ultimately, this is between you and I. We show up here every week to talk no, to so e- fucking shows. each we'll other. About whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> I could care less what anybody yeah. has to say. But I do. I I am the first one to say that my grief against yours. I understand the difference. Okay, yeah. I'm not crazy. Yeah, there is a perspective to this. Yeah. Um, I haven't lost a husband in my life, so I haven't felt that Mm -hmm. level my cat was with me for 14 years and she was the closest thing I've had to a child Mm -hmm. to whatever you know and we all are experiencing grief in our life from what we've experienced so far in life yeah and you said this Mm -hmm. that grief is not different from any other grief but we've all had different experiences. Yeah, not every death is the same. But grief is grief. Grief yeah. feels like grief. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something that I found really interesting. And as I said to you earlier, your grief has been on my mind. And I haven't exactly known uh, how to approach it with the show either. Because, you know, we talk about Ivy and we check in and we have our own private conversation. Yeah. But I did have, you know, different feedback from people and everyone, like you said, and I've said is not everyone is going to, there has been equal feedback from people saying, I'm so sorry, Lucy. I'm so devastated for the loss of your cat. I just, and sharing their stories Mm -hmm. about their animals that they've lost. As there has been people going, I tuned out when Lucy was talking about the cat Mm because I don't, it's not interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And... And vice versa, by the way. About? About your end of it. Yeah, I'm sure. I've had people say the same thing to me about, like, can't you guys move on from this already? (laughs) Jesus Christ. I'm just saying everybody comes at it from whatever set of rules they have in their own life. Uh, if you're if you're hoping that we're going to move on from the conversation of grief, you <laughs> we're might want, never. You might want to listen to a different. You might want to go off and listen to the Joe <laughs> Rogan experience yeah, or something. Talk, listen to something else because because uh, that's not going to happen. Exactly. But, but you, um, a feedback I got that was negative really made me think because I obviously feel protective of you and. I don't want to expose you to people's negativity when you're in such a fragile place. I also don't um, care what people think. Mm-hmm. I literally don't give a fuck what people think about how you feel. <laughs> well, the comments I've gotten over this past month since she died quickly led me to stop talking about it. You got you had negative comments. People say things like, oh, well... You'll get another cat. Oh my god! Or they don't. They do. That's so weird. Or or just subtle ways of letting you know that you should be getting over it already. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think what we said together off camera was that. It's about perspective and respecting yeah. your audience yeah. and knowing yeah. that your perspective is not the same as no. everyone else's and never no. assuming that you've had it worse than anyone else. No, definitely. You, you, 
your experience is your experience. You haven't lost a parent, you haven't lost a sibling, and you haven't lost a partner or a child. Thank God. You will. Mm-hmm. And when you do... We all will. You will feel differently. Mm-hmm. And all I can say is that I've been both on both sides of this. Mm-hmm. Before I lost my dad, when I would lose my pets, I would go off the fucking deep end. After my dad, that completely shifted and it wasn't a conscious thing. It was just, I had felt something so much deeper mm-hmm. after that point, a place in me, a depth of emotion, a depth of pain that I didn't think was possible. And so it made that loss of Put the Put it pet, into perspective. It made it bearable. Yeah, it made it bearable. Because I'd felt a much worse pain. Yeah. And again, with Ryan. Yeah. It, it makes, I now, and this is, I, I hate to even admit it. I hate to say it. I thought I knew everything about pain and grief when I lost my dad. And I thought, wow, nothing can be more pain. This is my parent, you know, and surely this is just what grief feels like. And it's the deepest grief you can feel. Um, it's not. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's what this experience with Ryan has, has shown me is that it makes the grief of my dad now almost look laughable that I could have been in so much pain. And then it's made me impatient with people who have lost their parents. Mm. And I know I won't always feel that way. Mm-hmm. It's because it's so raw for me. And it kind of just makes me, the, the the cynical side of me go, you've got no fucking idea. Yeah. And that relates to your story, which is just because I've experienced those things doesn't mean that my pain or grief is any more or less valid than the pain or grief you experiences. You know, you haven't, this is your greatest pain so far. One of, well. you know, this is one of your greatest losses in your life. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. It feels the way it fucking feels. Mm-hmm. That's what I, that's how I and look it's a at fine, this. Yeah, you're right. And it's a fine line between, I'm, I always, I'll always try to be careful of my audience and of who might be listening, who right. has been through something that I could be treading on. You have to be very mm-hmm. careful. There's a fine line between that and then not apologizing for your lived experience, exists, your, your experience of it. And you shouldn't have to. No, you should never have to. And you should never allow yourself to go there. But you do because people compare. And I brought up this other experience I had where my best friend Johnny committed suicide. And before he did it by jumping off of a roof, he killed a woman with a hammer, beat her to death. She was an elderly woman. And when he died... Everybody said, he doesn't deserve your grief. Mm-hmm. He killed someone. He's a murderer. Get over it. To the point that his friends and family don't even post pictures of him on his birthday or anything. Because it's all hush-hushed. Because people... So much shame attached to it. So much shame attached around that. And it wiped out my experience of losing Johnny for mm. many of us, for his family as well. His parents couldn't share their grief because they were being judged for having a murderous son. It's so awful. I hate that stuff. I hate it. 
And it's, people naturally do that. They naturally judge grief up against grief. They judge... We're so raised, we're so raised and conditioned to always be comparing. I know. Get the next thing. Keeping up with the Joneses, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. What, get the next car, get the next dress, get the next bracelet, get the next thing. Is and get over same, it. Get uh, over it. Get over it. It's like the same mentality of, of one-upmanship. Yeah. In comparison. Uh-huh. And I always say comparison is the, is the murderer of joy. It really is. Um, but it's also... In situations like this, where that are not about joy, that are about pain, comparison is like a disease. It's no one is saying that the death of Ivy is com- is comparative to the death of of Ryan Max. I no would never that. say hey, that, hey, nor hey, have hey. I ever felt that. No, but you are in pain. Okay, devastating pain. <laughs> yeah. What's the problem? You're in pain. You 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 can be in pain if you want to be in pain. If you need to be in pain. Mm-hmm. Take the time you need. Are you going to go screaming from the rooftops about your cat that died? No, because you're mm-hmm. not fucking it. You're respectful. In the same way, like, we had the conversation before. Even I, in my situation, have had a couple conversations in the last few months with people who whose shit is more fucked up than mine and gone, wow. Here's me walking around feeling like I've got this pain. Some people's shit's more fucked up. Always. My, my guys died in an accident. Mm-hmm. It's tragic. They both went at once. It's it's decimated our lives. But some other things happen to people that are. And it's quite shocking when you have a conversation with someone who doesn't put their life into perspective that way, who <sighs> thinks that their problems are the worst problems and ever. And the biggest and the most important And I have some people that are in my life that do that. And every time I have a conversation with them, it is shocking. I am left with my mouth open. It's that you could be that clueless that you can't look outside of yourself and put things into perspective. What is that? I just think it's self-centeredness. But it's got to be more than that. It's it's so... Is, is it, it's not, I think it's not having an awareness of the world around you. Is it not is being it curious about person? others? Is it, do you notice it to be a type of person? I know this is a thing. I can't think right now. If we took a commercial break and looked it up, we would find out why. It's, it's a totally legit study of, I think it's a type of person. And there's definite reasons for it, which have to do with sociopath. Is it just a narcissist? And narcissism. Yeah. So, not everybody's a sociopath, Munching. but we all have narcissistic tendencies. Yeah, it's healthy to have some degree of narcissism, but I don't. I'm not. I, I don't know what that is. But it's, my first thought is this is a nas- This is a narcissistic trait, and narcissists are lacking in empathy. Yeah, but why? And they don't. And they lack objectivity. And they see the relationships in their lives and the people in their lives as extensions of themselves. That's exactly like accessories. it. That's right. So that's that's a narcissist. That's right. And have I, have I told you about this book, Why Is It Always About You? No. Great book. You can read it in a in an few oh, hours. I can't wait. It's about narcissists. I'm going to buy it for a few people. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, when I read it, I Happy was Happy birthday! Like, when I read it, I was like, I'm going to send this to a lot of people. And I realized these frustrating patterns I was seeing with people in my life were um, narcissistic mm-hmm. p- 
people. Mm -hmm. And I realized how many people in my life were narcissists. And that there's kind of inverse narcissism where you're almost so self-deprecating that it's narcissistic. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I wonder... Because low self-esteem is ego also. Mm -hmm. People think it's not, but it absolutely is because it's your heads up your own ass. So I wonder if maybe this is what this is. I saw a meme the other day which got me so riled and I read all the comments on it because I was like, oh my God, this is so interesting. Which was linked in with the conversation that you and I had about how you feel over explaining why do you do it and you know the stuff that we put on our Instagram yesterday. I was shocked at people's responses. So it was kind of good interesting that it came up. Yeah, very good for you. Thank you for sharing. Was uh, normalize having a conversation with somebody and not comparing your experience to their experience. <laughs> And just listening. And then underneath the comment was, I have ADHD and anxiety and I constantly do this as a way to try and connect with people and communicate. And comments like this are the reason why I don't open up to people. And obviously, so there you've got the two polar ends of the spectrum. Okay, read the one again. Read read it. it Or say it again. The first one. Normalize this. Normalize this. Just listening during conversation and not trying to relate to or express your experience. Or compare. Or compare your experience and its similarities to the person talking to you. And then underneath was a girl saying, I have ADHD and anxiety yeah. and I do this because I'm trying to connect with people, blah, blah, blah. And I thought that was so interesting because it's so um, indicative of this time that we live in where everyone feels that they need to be heard constantly. Mm-hmm. And that everyone is so important. We've got a young generation of people coming up who are just precious little babies mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. are never challenged. And we have to... So precious. We have to so coddle precious. them constantly with everything. And unfortunately, it's become... Coddling is important to an extent and then it just becomes destructive, in my opinion. And... Agree. So... It was really interesting to read all the comments because I would say it was split down the middle of people being like, that's called conversation. And then other people being like, I hate when people do this. Mm. This is a narcissistic thing. I was taught through my therapy and through my studies that that is a narcissistic tendency. And it's something that many people do. And you have to check it. I do it sometimes too. Mm. And I check check myself and I go, nope. Just let them finish. Yeah, like you're comparing and then you just waiting for them to finish so that you can exactly. go, well, me too. Exactly. This podcast is a great way to work on that. I work on that all the time on this I'm podcast. I'm constantly doing it. I'm constantly waiting for you to finish talking. I'm never going to finish. <laughs> I wish I was. Kidding. I'm kidding. Everything you're saying is right and it... But it's so interesting because I think it ties into kind of It what does because saying. what I'm going to say is... At the same time that I'm saying, oh, I want my podcast to be a place for me to share my grief. Also, I don't need to share my grief here because I just don't. Like, I don't need to share every little thing. Exactly. I might not want to. And if I do, I, it's, the perspective has been good for me to go, you don't need to be the center of attention with your grief because... And neither does Annabelle. You're not I trying share to, 1% you're not trying, exactly. <laughs> we both share 1% of what's really going on in our life. So 
And it's a give and take. Mm-hmm. We, we show up for each other week after week and update each other. I feel it's pretty balanced. And I hope so. I feel the same. So I hope you do feel that way. This argument, not argument, it's not an argument. Just what I've um, observed in myself and wanted to say out loud and thank you for talking about it. I just didn't want it to fester. Is has also had some really positive sides to it too about keeping that perspective, mm-hmm. about knowing that no matter what it is in my life that's so terrible, just listen to other people. Mm-hmm. They've had their own experiences. You don't need to hammer your experiences into other people. You don't need to prove that yours is worse than theirs. Or valid. Or valid. Or better than theirs. Just listen. Show up for others. Get your head out of your own ass for a second. And get curious about <sighs> someone else. And in doing that, you'll help yourself. Yeah, I mean, in our conversations, I feel like we both work out so much shit from so the much. stuff the other person's saying. I don't need a therapist to have you. Same. So to, well, actually, I love Jeff. So well, Jeff, we love you, Jeff. She, did, she didn't mean that. <laughs> he doesn't listen to this. Today, you don't know that. I have a lot of people that say they don't listen, and then they'll just drop one comment that lets and me know, you know they've this. been listening all along. <laughs> <laughs> so today's a very special episode. If you're a hater, you're a fan. It's our 20th episode. And I'm just going to munch French fries. The you munch French fries. We started this back in the beginning of Oct- uh, the beginning of November. We released four episodes and then Max and Ryan died. Mm-hmm. And we took a little break and then we continued. There are Here we four, are. There are four episodes that have never been released. Not sure what we'll do in the future with those. They're amazing. But they are remaining a secret for now. And here we are. It's been 20 episodes since we began. And I got you a present. Aww. Hear that, everybody? Now, Annabelle feels mad because she didn't bring me anything today. No, not mad. That's embarrassed. I just need to say that she has gotten me presents. She got me the Diana tin a couple weeks ago. Do you remember that? Yep. So... She's opening her card. You have to explain it for people who can't see us. This says, you're one of my very favorite people. Even though I just went, shut up about my grief. Shut up. Me neither. What does it say on the inside? Oh, you want to read it? Well, yeah, this is a podcast. No, they're just listening with their minds. Dearest Annabelle, you are an angel in my life. Whatever our past wonder and years to come, I will always treasure what we've created, and I'm always here for you. I love you, Lucy. Happy 20th episode. Aww, and the little picture. And there's a the picture two of two little hugging. toddlers hugging. I love it. What did you get me? Just something you're gonna love. Oh, I love it! <laughs> it's a big scrunchie, the biggest. With palm leaves <gasps> on it. Like, I can wear this actually today with my outfit. Perfect. Oh my god, I love this. How do we get it out without looking at it? You're the best and sweetest. I know, you love your massive scrunchies. Gonna give you a cuddle. Yeah. My 20th episode scrunchie. I'm very proud of our 20 episodes. It's been quite a ride. So Me too. I'm we really proud of that. We're trying to think of the perfect way to celebrate today. 
And we thought that embarrassing each other would be the best way to go. Oh, it looks great. Oh, I love it. This uh, gold record over here is a perfect reflection if you'd like so to look. I can, I can feel that it looks fantastic. It's really great. And so, so we're going to play a game. I bought this game last year and never played it. It was all for this moment. So you pick a card and ask a question and we're going to answer them. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. This game is called 20th Episode Question Arama. Question Arama. It better be a good one because you were shuffling these for like eight hours before we started. Uh. This is boring, but you'll probably you like it. You can pass it. It's boring. <laughs> Fuck you. Describe a piece of art that you really like and why. That's so boring. Okay, but I good. definitely have an answer. No, I know. Okay, tell us who the fucking is. I really wanted it to be like salacious, but go on, you cultured bitch. Okay, one of my favorite artists, his name is John William Waterhouse. Mm-hmm. And Love. my favorite painting of his is probably The Lady of Shalott. Mm. I have like a six foot copy of it that I ordered and I've had it rolled up for years because to get the frame for it is going to be like a thousand dollars. It is? <laughs> like actually? Yeah. We can't just do a cheap frame uh, for the time no, being. To get a frame with glass, a glassed frame for this size that I bought is going to be about eight hundred dollars. So maybe I'll start a uh, GoFundMe for my frame. Yeah. We're going to do that. Oh my god, stop it. Yeah, we're going to use my gypsy waist to get that done. No, I think we can do it for ch- for less than that. What, are you going to steal a frame? I'm stroking my beard. <laughs> thinking of My this. turn. All right. What? That's so boring. What is that? No, I'm not even going to read it. Okay. I get a, I get a redo. Okay. No, that's horrible. <laughs> Just go from the middle. Like you know what? I'm going like from that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going from the middle. All right. I can't, I can't pass this one. I have to do it. Ooh, okay. If you had to live somewhere else, where would you live? Oh, for fuck's sake. Stop asking me these questions. <laughs> it's like the universe just won't leave me alone. Come back in a year and ask me. What's the question? If you had to live somewhere else, where would you live? We all know the answer. It's Amalfi. God. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Answer me another one. That stressed me out. Dude, you're actually having a panic attack on that. Okay. Oh my god, no. I can't ask you this. This is the worst. But you said Ryan bought you this? No, I bought it for Ryan. Get on, this. On our anniversary. For you, what would be a good death? Whoa. <laughs> well, you know what's crazy? It's what? just before... The boys died. They both agreed that driving 100 miles an hour. Are you kidding? Going in a car crash instantly would be the way that they'd want to All die. right. Well, I mean, I just took the middle of this deck out yeah. and pulled the first two cards. They and both, those were them. They said so. it was the way to go. Literally, like, in the weeks before. Well, they weren't we were wrong. sitting around here. Yeah, I know, I know. My death would be... I've already planned it. What is it? Well, there's two deaths Are you going to let planned. me know before it happens? So there's two deaths I've planned. One is... What are you, James Bond? One is my boring, normal death, which is going to be... I'm going to be really old, like 100, and I'm just going to fall asleep in my chair by the fire and never wake up. Love it. And then (laughs) my dramatic death, which is if I can't cope in this world anymore, is I've got like a whole thing set up 
where it's going to be like a murder suicide. There's going to be a human sacrifice. <laughs> I'm going to put Ryan and Max's album on repeat in the background. Who's the human? Who's the human sacrifice? I'm going to project like really weird stuff on the walls, and me and my friend are going to stab each other. In Who's the your neck? friend? Maybe you guys shouldn't hang out anymore. I have to look at your friends. We're going to do a ritual spell. It's going to be flowers, candles, projections. That's like every night for you. That's what yeah, you do but every with night. a murder suicide. <laughs> um, wait a couple years, please. Until yeah, I my think, wedding and stuff, you know. Yeah, I'll do it after the wedding. Okay, great. And baby, if there's one coming. Good. So, like, through, like, do after it it's a toddler. So my kid can meet her Auntie Annabelle, please. Well, it's best she doesn't remember. Yeah, you can just you get paint, a picture together, yeah, though. Yeah, paint a picture. Make things really good. Next question. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you think there's any truth in the lines, they fuck you up, your mum and dad, they may not mean to, but they do? Yep. Well, I think we both know the answer to that question. <laughs> and next question. Wait, do you want How many more than we- one? Because I asked you, like, ten. Yeah, let's do another one. Okay, okay. Two each. Wait, should we get back to it? Should we be disciplined about this and do one to the other? Yeah. I love this for you because I feel like it's true. Are you reluctant or open to bringing together people from different parts of your life? Uh, No one from any parts of my life meet each other. It's called compartmentalization. Look it up. No, we're not moving on that quickly. I'm sorry. Absolutely not. My idea of hell is being at a party with like all areas of my life in the same room. You know, it's so much worse in your head than it actually is in real life. You know that everyone just really gets along and has a good time. Well, that's why there's going to be a lot of alcohol at the wedding. Some people will become best friends as a result of it. And some people will become acquaintances. Some people will get fistfights. Some people will get fistfights. Some people will have hookups. This is... This is why people love weddings and funerals. Right. Because everyone compartmentalizes their life and then everyone just rushes together and then it's like amazing cosmic explosion. Everyone's emotions are running high. Chemistry explosion. It's sexy. I'm all for it. I love throwing everyone together in a room. Oh, you can be my party planner. Are you serious? Have you Um, watched Friends? No. Have you seen like when Monica's planning Phoebe's wedding and she wears like a headset? No. That'd be me. And Phoebe just goes crazy and starts screaming. She's well, like, I didn't want any of this. I want the wedding in Scotland, so you better get on it. Okay, great. I'm having a panic attack already. What are the, what? You don't know this one. I'm skipping. It was about middle age. We're not middle-aged. Are you more attracted to a nomadic or a settled life? I think we all know the answer to this. These questions are so nomadic, obviously. She's a gypsy. Question. <laughs> what is it? I'm so frightened. This <laughs> Under what conditions could you have an open relationship and make it work? Literally Annabelle. any. <laughs> the current conditions? Literally any condition. Great. As long as both people agree. No. Okay. Does it work though? Yeah. Really? It can work. 
It can work. Really? You have to be on a level, but it can work. Really? You have to really, really know the person you're with. All of them. It has to be complete honesty. You have to oh, brother. be completely are open people, and honest Are with people each other. Um, capable of complete honesty? No. Obviously, you don't want to drag people through the mud. I mean, I know I am, but... But you... Most people... If you really know and trust the person that you're with, sky's the limit. But you have to be willing to stop if they want to stop. You have to... There has to be rules and things in place. Having said that, I don't want that for myself. I don't want it for myself either. I've been there, done that. I want... More. People mm. think that the open relationship and, and extramarital things is more. It's only more if you're a lazy fucking piece of shit and you're not willing to work on your relationship or what you have in front of you. I think ascension, expansion, all of that shit, it's not out. We project it all out. I think it's in. Mm-hmm. And... Two people going in like that and then meeting, wow. But that takes work. It does. And it takes... It takes many ego deaths. It takes a lot. And and if you're willing to do that with your partner, I think you can have a really healthy, lasting, monogamous relationship. Yeah. I think the reason people get bored and fuck around or don't fuck their husbands or wives or whatever anymore or get fat or get lazy or you know stop buying each other presents and all that stuff is because you just get complacent yeah you take each other for granted and you stop you you stop being curious about your partner you've got to be curious about your partner about the world about yourself about yourself yeah it's you've got to evolve and if you're not evolving all the time you may as well be dead in my opinion if you're not moving forward you're moving backwards there's no such thing as standing still. No open relationships for me. Or me. Next question. The next man I trick into liking me is going to be all mine. Yeah. And all the other girls. Well, maybe it might be a woman, actually. Uh, I could never marry a woman. I'm not attracted to... We all know I like women, but I just don't think I can marry one. We are a handful. Imagine me and another woman in a relationship, a marriage. Imagine two people who aren't gentlemanly with each other. Because women were never taught to be gentlemen. They were taught to be bitches. Oh, what? Spicy. Can adultery ever be acceptable? I think this means... I think this means, can you forgive? Boy, have I been through the ringer on that one. I have tried in many instances to make it forgivable and the bottom line in my experience is that no it is never forgivable because once you cross that line there is no going back and it will never be the same you can lie to yourself all you want but you will never ever feel at home do you think i think so that's your experience about personally yeah that's yeah yeah but I stayed with men for years, um, convincing myself that it was forgivable and that I was fine and that it was a healthy place for me to be. Have you ever been the adulterer? Uh, I 
not in a serious way. The most, the most, the two things come to mind. One was that I had a serious boyfriend and I got into a situation where I was at a party in a hotel room with another guy mm-hmm. and it got to the point where we were going to kiss mm-hmm. and I got so upset yeah. that I went home and I broke I ended the relationship with my what? boyfriend because you saw it as a sign that, that yeah. your relationship yeah. was yeah and I was just too cowardly to confront that so I was going about to create the scapegoat through the cheating oh uh, okay which I think a many, classic many move. people do classic move yeah and the other time was with a, a boyfriend. We went on to be serious, but that was this was in the beginning of our relationship. And I and I hooked up with someone else, and I went to him and told him, and mm. I said, I know we haven't had the boyfriend girlfriend talk yet, but I hooked up with someone else, and it really bothered me, and I just wanted to come clean with you because I feel like we are going to be together. Yeah, I'm not to make myself all noble or anything, no, but no, I, I haven't I haven't been the straight up. Cheater. Cheating doesn't appeal to me. It's not exciting to me. It doesn't it doesn't tickle my fancy. I really want to think I really want to believe it's forgivable. I think I'd you like, do. I'd like to be forgiven. If I got myself in that situation. Well yeah, of course I'd like to be forgiven, but would I forgive? No. <laughs> oh my god. Of course do as you would be done by Lucy. Well, well as much as possible. No, of course. No, it was really I interesting. Know. I think it's such an interesting question. I think it's it, look to me. It's just a deeper issue than the cheating. That's why I say. What well, is the reason? That if this has you happened? cheated or I cheated, what the fuck are we doing here? What's going on? I think it doesn't mean the end of a relationship if you're willing to sit down and have a really, really honest conversation with why you're in the place you're in. Exactly. It's a symptom. And be willing to... It's rarely the cause. ...deal with that. It doesn't just come out of nowhere. I mean, one in a million, does it just, wow, explode out of nowhere? It's been brewing. Yeah. And it's happened for a reason. Why has it happened? I think it. Can, I think you can come back from it if you're really both willing to go into therapy and sit down and go back and go, where did this start leading us to a place? Because just because you're the one that cheated doesn't mean that you're the reason that the relationship isn't working. In my opinion. No, I, I agree with so, that too. Did I, I just, to believe. did I just contradict myself? Because that does make sense. I think that could be forgivable if it goes past the cheating, because that's irrelevant mm-hmm. to the root of the issue yeah. and both of you being willing to work Do on the that. Work. Exactly. Yeah, and it can't just always come down to, well, you cheated on me, okay. But what has and, happened yeah. to make it... If you're willing to let go of your ego and put you and this person on a, lev- a level playing field and go, yeah, okay, you fucked around, but why? Yeah. You're not worse than me. I'm not better than you. There's something that's happened here. So I think as long as you're not going to take the moral high ground over somebody, uh-huh. I think you can come back from it, but it takes so much. And I think most people aren't capable of it. I know, it's a lot. And I think it, it just takes a lot of reflection and therapy and, and not putting yourself above the other person. Yeah. What did you do? How did you contribute to, to make this environment where it was possible? And I'm I know that some people aren't going to like that, but I know that just hit a couple of alarms. In my yeah, head. it's not. It's not. Some people aren't going to like it, but I have to look at myself and my yeah. shit in a relationship. Every single relationship I've been in that I've got that has gone wrong. I know what I did wrong. I can sit here and tell you what I did wrong, hmm. or what I did 
that led to X, Y, and Z thing. It's not going to be every time you get. I'm not like victim blaming her, Jesus Christ. Mm. But yeah, I think it's. I think that's a really interesting thing. I want to very. Believe. Yeah, it's really not black and white, is it? I can't believe when people get divorced because of cheating. That is one thing I cannot believe. You've married this person. You said for better or for worse, till death do us part. You've been together five years, ten years, twenty years, and somebody's fucked around, and you're just going to bail. That to me There's is an issue there that deserves to be worked through. Yeah, maybe. that to me is unthinkable. Yeah. Anyway, when did you last throw your head back in laughter? I mean, like today. I feel like we're okay, great. <laughs> you turn. Oh, is there anyone you regret losing touch with? Yeah, I just thought that this morning. <gasps> Really? Yeah. Tell us. My uh, music teacher of like 20 years. You lost touch with him? I lost touch with him. Because of that situation? Yep. Because of... Even though it wasn't your fault? The high control situation I shared on oh, a few episodes back. He was a victim of that? Yeah. In, in that yeah. time when I was close to this narcissistic abuser, I lost many relationships in my life. Mother, sister, best friends. Really? You've never mm-hmm. told me that, Lucy. Mm-hmm. Yes, I didn't speak to my mom for two years. Because you know I've asked you about that before and you wouldn't tell me. I'm so ashamed. So thank you for sharing that with me today. Because I've asked you, you know. Do you remember? Mm-mm. I've asked you a lot. So thank you. Yeah. I'm glad that you're at a point where you feel you can be a bit more... Yeah, I'm actually, I'm about to take my mom to dinner to apologize and talk about this with her for the first time. And I'm emotional already. I've been tiptoeing around having this conversation with her for the last couple months. Does she know anything? She knows her experience of it, but she doesn't know how deep it went for me. Wow. When are you doing that? This week. I'm really excited for you. Me too. I know it's going to be really fucking hard. Yeah, it will be. I just need to get through it without crying. Why? Have a cry. Well, I just, yeah, we will definitely, but I just want to say, I want to say it as clearly as I can to her. But yeah, this, so this music teacher, I drove by his house this morning and, and he was my mentor for a long time. And I was with him every day, an hour every morning, five days a week huge person in my life and I severed that relationship mm. and he's an old older man he's nearing 80 yeah you gotta get back and in I there. think of it a lot I haven't quite figured out how I would go back to him but that's what we do right we waste time by oh god by just do it just write a letter it over or something and, yeah call him or write him a letter yeah. and explain yeah and say if you would like to reconnect then I would like it more than anything. Yeah. Just say what happened. He'll, he'll have compassion for you. He knows who you are in your heart. Yeah. Are you competitive? Yeah. I am. But okay. because I don't... I don't think I'm egoic. I mean, I have an ego. Everyone has an ego. But I'm not ego-led. It kind of, like, makes me like, ah, good for you, you won. Even if it's against me, do you know what I mean? Like I want to fucking win. Yeah. But I'm not a sore loser, and I'll but, yeah. but I'll, and I'll never. I will do my best to win. Like at school, I was fiercely competitive with sports, captain of many of the sports teams, a beast. 
when it came to sports. But I was always happy for the other two. I was never a sore loser. So I don't know what that really means. Mm. I don't want to win at the expense of anyone else with anything. I don't know if you can really win if you're not willing to sort of send a few. <laughs> yeah. Be happy for someone else when they win. Well, do you think you're, do you think? I, I don't think I'm competitive enough. I think I, sh- I I'm, I'm nowhere near competitive enough. I think I would do very well by, <laughs> but, but I've always been. What does it mean to you competitive? Competitive means that winning over someone else means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. I don't like sports. I don't like games, really. Even board games. I get upset. I get upset seeing someone lose. And maybe that comes from people-pleasing. Yeah. yeah. I would rather take the hit than someone else have to take it. Right. I don't think that's very healthy. No, that's not healthy. At all. Not healthy. But also, can I just relate to you here? Yeah. <laughs> can I just talk about my experience, yeah, about your experience? Me, relate to me fucking hate board games yeah i don't like them people think it's so weird that i don't like board games it's from my childhood okay we didn't play board games <laughs> you fucking didn't have board games because you had to whittle your own fucking toys i played and I, this african board game called mancala with crystals in these little wooden holes oh my god i actually just got dizzy <laughs> but i also have this thing where lucy i feel like mancala I'm not, yes mancala yeah no, you can just say Monopoly or no, Buckaroo. It was this like hand carved thing, Jesus where like there was no winner. But I also <sighs> I I don't agree with with kids going to school and like everyone getting a trophy. I think that's really fucked up. So stupid. I think it has, it goes back to what you were saying about it being so precious. Everyone's a precious this coddling. Baby, yeah, it's really dangerous. You should want to be the best you can be. But I also have this like detached thing from the world where my brain just goes, who cares? Who cares? Like, yeah, this my... life isn't real. Wait, that reminds me of something. That just reminded me of something so funny. When I was younger, sports was like the only thing I was good at at school. Truly, I was shit at school. Mm. So for me, winning at sports was really important from the perspective of like, this is the one fucking thing that I do here that gets me by. Mm. And we were thrashing this team at hockey once, annihilating them in a tournament. And we were already winning by miles. So when I say I don't I don't care about winning or losing, there is definitely a, a part of me that's slightly triggered. <laughs> the sports teacher, I was an attacker, and the sports teacher was like, in half time, pulled us to one side and was like, you guys are thrashing this team. It's really like unfair. They've come a long way to play. Like we need to just chill a little bit. <laughs> And I saw red. So I'm like, bitch, this is this is all I've got. And you're going to tell me that I have to slow down? So she's like, yeah, Annie, I'm going to put you in defense back by the goalie. So I just started scoring goals from defense. You're not going to fucking stop me. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think this is a black and white question because no. there's moments in all our lives yeah. where we've been super competitive or where we haven't. I will thrash you. But... I'll also, like like we were talking about in the Live and Let Live episode, let's have a chat and a cup of tea exactly. and have lunch about it afterwards. Exactly. And that is being a true team player is Shaking it, hands understanding at the end that of the it's match. a game. Yeah. yeah. Something happens for me where I, I am not aware of the competition. 
like I'll go in for an acting job and say there's like hundreds of other girls or thousands. I have no concept of that. To me, it's just me and me and I'm the only one. Or in my music. Like when I got my... It's so um, lovely actually. When I got my record deal with Island Def Jam and they were like, they told me, Jay-Z told me in the room and L.A. Reid and, and, and they were looking at me waiting for a reaction and I didn't really have one. I was like, that's great. Yeah, it'll be fun. And they were like, what? You should be jumping up and down right now. We just signed you for like a lot of money. You have everything you ever dreamed of. And and I felt like they wanted some huge reaction from me. But they were like, other, do you know how many other girls would die to have this opportunity? And no, I didn't. That's so interesting. That is something I've really come across in my life as well so much, yeah. especially when I was in the music industry of people just being like, well, aren't you happy? Because I yeah. because I haven't had this kind of demented response. Exactly. I'm like, yeah, I'm unbelievably happy. Right, but my, to me I'm in just my brain, I didn't beat out every other girl in the industry to get that because I am my own competition. And Interesting. And okay. I don't, and so there's no desperation to like, win anything so we have the same response but for different reasons Mm. mine is that i internalize things and i'm gonna go and i'm gonna sit on this because until something is signed until the money's in my account until the thing is on the tv it's not real well yeah you've been you we've both been taught to never trust anything until nothing So you're sitting here and we have a record deal and that's great. Yeah. And of course I appreciate it. And I am it. it's not so that, happy. It's not that I don't appreciate it. But I'm also aware that this, you could terminate this deal tomorrow. Yeah. So I'm not going to jump around like a clown and be demented for you. So you can get your little thrill of your God complex of changing my life forever. Exactly. Because I'm fully aware that you can terminate this all tomorrow. Yeah. And I could flop. Yeah. And I could fuck it all up. You know, it's like... None of that is in our control. I don't really understand why people want you to just be like, oh! <laughs> like, okay, whoa. And I hate seeing people like that as well. Yeah, it's I find really it not so, <laughs> I don't like it. I'm just like, please calm down. I know. This is very undignified. Yeah. Just curtsy and say thank you. <laughs> Back out of the room. <laughs> so I could play this game with you all day, but we got to wrap One last question. So one question. One question each. I don't want. To, I don't want that. All right, pick till you get a good one. Pick one till pick till you get a good one. Nope. <laughs> oh, okay, this is cute. Okay, okay, okay. Now that one's boring. Oof, it's a rough one. Uh, all right. Ask me. Ask me that one. No, come on. Just you gotta split the deck in two, and the uh, next okay. one you gotta pick. Okay. Okay, last one. Here it is. Okay, go. <laughs> What's the best evening you've ever had? <gasps> Isn't that a nice What? <laughs> oh, my God. The best evening I've ever had? You're going to have to answer it next week. You're going to have to really look through your journals. Yeah. <laughs> Does anything spring to mind? Uh... What about the fuck fest you definitely had after you got engaged? I was going well, to say the night the, the evening after I got engaged was probably the best. 
<laughs> because yeah, we were just in the woods with a bottle of wine and we just got drunk guys, in the Scottish woods and it was raining. Did you guys have sex? And uh no, because Will got attacked by bugs and he got bitten to death. They didn't touch me at all. Don't know why. You didn't even diddle. No. Oh, missed opportunity. He got attacked by bugs. When you have, the, or we would have. When you have the wedding in Scotland, yeah, you guys have got a diddle in the woods. Oh yeah. Actually, you know they have Lyme's disease there, so you might want to do it in <laughs> California because we don't have that here. Can't we get like? Shots or something, vaccines no. before we Incurable. go. You know how I feel about vaccines. Incurable. Love them. Yeah, the, the night I got engaged was magical. We went and sat on the shore of Loch Lomond. And, yep, it was magical. And you had, had a drinky. We had a bottle of wine. We just, just sat smooched. There, smooched. Oh. And then we had such a long drive back because it was in the Scottish Highlands and he lives down near Manchester that he... You drove back that night? Yes. Wow. I know. Kind of romantic. I know it was. He hallucinated on the way home and he saw a tiny little dinosaur hopping up and down <laughs> on the freeway. <laughs> I said, um, we're only two, two exits from home. Just hang on. It was great, though. It was magical. And your final question of this 20th episode extravaganza is... Would you prefer a view of a desert or of the sea? The sea, obviously. And why? Because I'm a cancerian. I'm a crab. I like to be by the sea. I like to look at it. Scuttling around. Scuttling around. I like to hear it. I like to feel it. I like to feel... Musty by the sea. <laughs> well, I wish that for you this week. Just I might actually go to Carmel. Musty by the sea. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's have a final cheers. Thank you to our listeners Thank for being you to with our us listeners. on this 20 episodes. We love you, even though we're crazy. And also, you guys are crazy. Also, we're never going to stop talking about grief. Literally ever. So just, you know... Don't come back next week. I, we don't care. We tell them every week not to come back. We'll be here either way. Either way. We will be here. Cheers to that. Cheers. <laughs> Love you. Love you. And who am I? That's not a secret I'll never tell. You know you love me. XOXO. Gossip Girl.